All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is another edition of the Betting Filter Podcast, a sports handicapping podcast primarily covering college athletics. Today's episode, like always, we will be reviewing some of last week's action as well as looking ahead to the card um, for this coming weekend in college basketball. Um, Just briefly, uh, before we get started, uh, if you are on Twitter, you can follow me there at Betting Filter. That's the best place to uh, see my plays as they go out. If you'd rather, you can sign up for email blasts that come off of my blog. That's bettingfilter.wordpress.com. That usually, um, you know, oftentimes it's the same as my write-up for Twitter, but sometimes I expound on that, on on the place there, as well as uh, you can see my season-long results in in whatever sport that um, the play is listed under. So, um yeah, if you'd rather do that, again, that's bettingfilter.wordpress.com. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, you know, it's kind of been a slow week for me in college basketball as far as plays. Uh, we did hit BYU uh, with the continued fade of Portland State. Um, we grabbed that at minus 15.5. It actually closed 14, 14.5 or something, so we didn't get the best of the number. Kind of went against the the, uh, the money in that one, but... Um, it seemed like the right side. Uh, BYU is up by um, as much as, I, I believe, 23, 24, something like that, and ended up winning by 19, which is right where our number was. You know, it always doesn't always happen like that, but, um, you know, overall I think the game just played out how we kind of expected. BYU was able to um, minimize or negate what uh, Portland State does well, and that's um, – you know, crash the offensive glass and create turnovers. So, um, and they were at home in altitude. It was just a, a good spot for BYU, and we got the win there. Um, the day before that, or Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, we were one and one. I think we lost point oh six units or something. So, um, you know, it's been a slow week, but good good week so far. Um, two and one, and we're gonna try to add some here for Saturday. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, and I'm looking at the card. I've, I've got four games circled. I, I don't think I'm going to have any action on Thursday. Only one game circled on Friday. That's Green Bay, but the look-ahead line for that one's a little too low for me um, to back Green Bay going into Creighton. I think I would need something around plus 22, and then it opened at about uh, plus 17.5. So it's just not, we're just not going to get there. Um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into Saturday. Uh, really, I mean, a lot of games I had circled. I uh, weeded out quite a few just based on like, uh, even even if I get the number that I'm looking for, I I, I doubt I would play them. Uh, so I just went ahead and crossed those out so we can um, not not you know not officially cross them out. If we get an absurd number on some of those games, I would definitely uh, reconsider those. But um, on the games that we we do have circled, we'll start with. Um, South Florida against uh, App State. Now, um, you know, South Florida's a team that's, uh, look at their overall profile. Um, what they do really well is they, you know, they turn you over, um, grab offensive rebounds and um, attack, you know, attack the paint, get to the free throw line. Uh, you know, all of those things will, um, you know, is, that's it's kind of what you expect from, uh, a team of their makeup, and uh, I, you know, I think they can they can really uh, 
you know, you look at what App State does, and I'm not exactly sure that their their defense is going to be able to um, slow uh, South Florida enough here. I think uh, they don't turn you over. They do a really, you know, poor job of uh, rebounding, um, at least defensively. So uh, it's just I don't see really any point why we shouldn't um, continue to look to back South Florida. Now, their offense isn't that great, but like I said, they're going to turn App State over more than likely uh, here at home and uh, get out in transition and get to the free throw line. They haven't. The, they actually haven't been the best free throw shooting team. Um, kind of one of the worst at 64 and a half percent. That's a little bit of a concern here. Um, but we shouldn't be laying uh, much of a number here at all. Um, if we get the number we're looking for, I'm I'm looking to buy it maybe. Um, you know, South Florida minus a half or minus one. If we don't get that, I mean, it's this isn't a game that I'm all that. Um, enthralled with so um, but just uh, look out for a, a pick there on the Bulls uh, at home uh, the next game we're going to be looking at Kentucky um, uh, they will be at home against Utah now Utah is a team that I've been looking to fade um, just their overall profile is is kind of mediocre and um, you know I think they where Utah usually, um, you can find some value on them as if they're playing at home, but the fact that they're traveling east here, um, you know, overall they're they're pretty effective offensively, 97th in the country in the adjusted efficiency. Um, shoot the three ball decently. Uh, you know, no real flaws. They don't. Uh, they play a you know a very uh, bend but don't break defense. They don't turn you over that much. They do get to the free throw line. Um, uh, just overall, uh, I mean, you know, not a poor team uh, by any means, but uh, one that I think will just be um, outclassed here in athleticism. And um, you look at Kentucky's offense, number 14 in adjusted efficiency, number two in offensive rebounding, number two in free throw rate. Um and then they, you know, they they do this, uh, both of those well defensively as well as far as um, defensive rebounding and, you know, not fouling. So uh, if there is a concern with Kentucky, it's been their turnovers on offense, um, as you kind of would expect with this team. But uh, you kind of go look and, you know, their, their most similar uh, opponent to Utah to this point was uh, Southern Illinois um, at home earlier in the year they won that game by 12 um, you know I, I would expect something similar here if I can get Kentucky minus um, 10 uh, maybe 10 and a half uh, I would be looking to back Kentucky I've got them favored by about 13 and a half so just baking in a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of uh, leeway on what they can do here as Kentucky is not the most disciplined of teams. Uh, I think that um, just overall, like I said, their athleticism will probably overwhelm Utah here traveling traveling east. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll look to uh, back the Wildcats in, in that one. We'll move on from there to the Loyola Marymount uh, Portland State game. And uh, for those of you who have been following along, uh, 
this college basketball season, you've probably uh, picked up on the fact that I'm trying to fade Portland State when I, whenever I get the chance. Um, you know, no look ahead lines for this one yet, so I don't know if we'll have the opportunity to. Um, but we are three and zero fading them uh, to this point, so we'll continue to look to do that. Now, um, you know, just they have such an extreme play style that it, sometimes it it plays right into the hands of uh, the opposing team, and I'm I'm not all that sure that that's going to happen here against Loyola. Uh, you know, uh, Portland State could end up speeding up Loyola. Uh, who really like to slow it down. One of the slowest tempo um, offenses in the country. Um, and, you know, they they haven't really protected the basketball all that well. So, you know, the fact that they haven't protected the basketball on the road, um, or in general they haven't protected the basketball, 21.9% turnover percentage, good for 302nd in the country. That's um, not something you want to see against Portland State. But um, when you look at what they really do well, and that's play defense and, and grab offensive boards, um, I think uh, that could definitely be something that, um, um, you know, gives us some value against Portland State, whose offense is, um, you know, just really poor. 350th uh, in effective field goal percentage, uh, 353rd uh, three-point shot. I, I mean, Loyola Marymount, top 10 in the country in three-point defense. So, um, you know, there's definitely some matchups um, here that you have to like, um, and I guess it's just going to, this game's going to, you know, depend on where the number comes out at. If we can get, um, Loyola at like, um, maybe minus one, um, on the road here, I, I would, I would consider betting them. Um, it's just really, it's kind of tough to go against, um, uh, Portland State when, you know, with a team that uh, turns the ball over at the rate that Loyola Marymount does. So, um, yeah, got some more research to do in this one and uh, try to dig a little deeper. But, uh, yeah, we could possibly have some uh, a play on uh, Loyola Marymount here come Saturday. Uh, but we'll, we'll go from that game into the uh, Auburn-UAB uh, game now. This, this seems like a pretty straightforward handicap. It's going to come down to just the whatever, um, if I can get the number I'm looking for. And, you know, I kind of doubt that I will. I'm, I'll be looking kind of greedy is uh, Auburn minus 17. If I can get 18, um, I would probably bet it as well just because um, Auburn's been so consistent all year. Number one team in turning, uh, you know, turning teams over at 29.6 percent that's um you know an unreal percentage there um then top five offensive uh team in the country as far as adjusted efficiency so uh really shoot the three well um defend the paint well i mean this is just uh you know a team that's uh very capable of going to the final four this year uh, bruce pearl has done a great job with them um and then you look at you uh you what uab uh, does well. They uh, they turn you over a little bit too and attack the offensive glass. But uh, the thing that really con- has to concern UAB going into this one on the road um, is the fact that they've turned the ball over at um, you know a 22% clip. Uh, that kind of plays right into to Auburn's hands. So um, and I just don't know how they'll be able to really keep up with. I mean Auburn could. I mean. Uh, a focused Auburn team could, you know, win this game by 30-35, uh, and no one would really bat an eye about it. So, 
Um, it'll be interesting to see where the, what the market does with this number. I doubt we'll uh, get get enough value to play this game. I'm sure um, this is a little bit too straightforward uh, of a handicap for us to find value on. So, um, but you know, if you don't mind laying a big figure with Auburn, um, I wouldn't really fault you on that either because of of how the play styles um, kind of come together there. But uh, yeah, we'll look at uh, the Xavier um, Eastern Kentucky game. This is another one where you just have a uh, a pretty solid team in the Xavier. You know, n- not like uh, Auburn um, for sure. You know, especially defensively, but um, still, a, you know, a top sixty team in the country uh, going up against you know just an overmatched Eastern Kentucky team who you know has has played a little bit better as of late. You look at their upset win over Northern Kentucky last Saturday. Uh, that definitely raised some eyebrows to like um, what the ceiling of this team could be. Um, you look at their game scores throughout the year. Um, that upset was a 60, which was uh, by far their highest. Outside of that, their their second best game grade was a 38 against Kennesaw State. Um, Kennesaw State's uh, rated 344th in the country. Um, that's just, um, you know, this has been a really poor team that um, uh, really, I wouldn't say lucked into a win, but just a really per, kind of perplexing uh, upset over uh, Northern Kentucky. Um, now they got a week off to, you know, to go on the road and play uh, Xavier, who more than likely will just put up uh, an obscene number of points. Um on Eastern Kentucky, it's just, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky does a decent job of turning you over, but I think a lot of that has to do with their schedule. Um, you know, when they've you know, actually been able to turn people over, uh, you kind of have some outliers. You have the USC Upstate game, and you have the uh, the Midway, the non-D1 uh, opponent that um, are, is, is definitely throwing that uh, out of balance a little bit there. It, uh, I mean, if you, you know, account for that, uh, this is just a, you know, probably just a really bad defense, and you're going up against a top 20 um, adjusted efficiency offense in Xavier uh, on the road. I don't, um, you know, the the one flaw uh, for Xavier so far uh, has been their three-point uh, defense, uh, and I mean, Eastern Kentucky shouldn't be able to take advantage of that. They're 304th in the country in three-point percentage, so um, they do like to play a really high tempo. I, I think that what that's just going to end up turning into is a lot of, uh, you know, poor shots, which is going to bail out a, you know, not that great Xavier uh, uh, defense, um, and then you're just going to get a lot of, uh, you know, fast break opportunities and, um this just kind of lines up for a for a big Xavier win here. Uh, as far as a buy point, I, I think you're pretty safe at. Um, I wouldn't say safe, but I would say um, there's there would be value at Xavier minus 19. Um, that that's probably my buy point. Xavier minus 19, uh, 20 20 even if. Um, but anything north of that, I would probably just uh, stay clear of. Um, more than anything, just because you could get backdoored here by um, an a Xavier defense who at times just looks kind of uh, pedestrian. So uh, 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, some of that's the fact that they they face the sixteenth um, most difficult schedule. Now they're coming up against the the weakest opponent that they've played. This could just be a route, and that's kind of what I'm um, I'm leaning towards here. So yeah, Xavier minus nineteen or twenty on Saturday um, could be a play. We'll go from that into the uh, Utah State Alabama State game. Uh, not much that needs to be said in this one either. I mean. You get a Utah State team who has been really consistent outside of the BYU uh, uh, loss a couple games back. Um, don't really, they don't really. Um, the I, I guess the only thing that you can say that they need to improve on is, uh, uh, you know, not fouling as much, putting teams on the free throw line. Outside of that, offensively, defensively, just really strong. Number one team in the uh, country right now in defensive rebounding percentage. Uh, then you just look at Alabama State, number uh, 319 in the country, uh, really poor. Traveling uh, out west to altitude, I just, um, it looks like a route to me. I would, I would bet Utah State at um, minus 23 or better. Uh, we'll move on from that to the UConn-Manhattan uh, game. Kind of a, an- another similar matchup where we're going to be looking to, to back a... Uh, a heavy favorite here against uh, Manhattan. You know, I believe we we've actually lost uh, when fading uh, Manhattan uh, earlier in the season. I, I forgot exactly who that was, who that was with, or maybe maybe we didn't have a play on that. That, but uh, regardless, um, you know, Manhattan. You look at their profile: three hundred thirty seventh in the country. They're two and seven on the year. Offense, one of the worst offenses in the country. Um, and it's really not that close. Like they, um, efficiency, effective field goal percentage, all of that. Tur- they turn the ball over twenty four point eight percent of the time. There's just really nothing that they do well. Um, Beside, uh, I guess you know, I mean, number three in the country at turning teams over, though. Um, you know, that's that's a little impressive because um, they they did that against some uh, fairly quality opponents like Coastal Carolina, Northern Kentucky. Um, you know, so, uh, there is maybe something to that, but I think UConn should, um, you know, handle that pretty well. Uh, they don't, they're not, uh, um, too bad at turning the ball over offensively. So, um, you know, overall, I think, uh, matchups pretty well, um, uh, pretty well fits, uh, UConn here. And if you can get them at maybe minus 18, um, at home here against Manhattan. Uh, I like the Huskies in that one. We'll go from that one into the Wofford uh, UNC Asheville um, game. Now this is, you know, we'll we'll talk about UNC Asheville here for a second because they're they're putting together one of the worst starts to the a non-conference season that I've seen in a while. Um, man, just offensively, defensively has, you know, it's just been awful. They. Uh, you know, we just spoke ill of Manhattan and are, and are looking to fade them. Uh, they lost to Manhattan on a neutral floor, fifty-four to thirty-eight. Um, a game score of one, which somehow they've managed to do three times. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Manhattan, and Western Carolina last time out, they've they've got a game rate of one. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm looking to fade this team uh, pretty hard. And, you know, then you look at Wofford. I mean, 
top 60 offense in the country um, by some metrics. Uh, really good defensive rebounding team. I, this is just a, a huge mis, uh, mismatch here. Um, yeah, if I can get uh, at Wofford minus 21 uh, or better, I'll definitely be looking to back that. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't been following UNC Asheville all that closely in the market to know whether they're being faded heavily. Um, so I'm not sure if we'll find value here, but uh, definitely looking to back Wofford uh, in this one. It's, I mean, man, just looking at their prof- uh, this team's profile has been, uh, yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, that's kind of, uh, it for Saturday. I know we kind of went through those a little fast this week. Um, and like I said, that's maybe half of the games I have circled. So there, there could be others that pop up throughout. Um, that's kind of been the case in some podcasts where I'll I'll cover some games and there just won't be value there or I'll, you know, research them further and find, uh, you know, aspects of a matchup I don't like, but, um, since we have some uh, extra time here, I'll go over some of the more marquee matchups for Saturday that um, I'm, you know, I have circled, but um, I've hesitated to really, um, you know, uh, isolate those as, uh, you know, really serious leans, um, mainly because of the teams that they're going up against. Uh, and we'll start with uh, St. Mary's. Uh, this is a team who St. Mary's is going up against LSU. Um, we'll start, I guess we'll start with LSU's profile. Uh, you know, no real concern with them. Um, they turn the ball over a little bit and, uh, their three point defense, uh, you know, is a little lacking, but outside of that top 25 offense and adjusted efficiency, uh, pretty athletic defense, um, you know, pretty versatile. They, uh, I just, uh, you know, you look at their looking looking at their previous results. Uh, they had the overtime loss where you know they they're one of their best games of the year uh, against Florida State. Um, you know, Florida State's top twenty team, and uh, you know, they they took them to overtime and uh, probably should have won that game. They they kind of uh, failed that uh, you know failed down the stretch there. Um, Gave up way too many uh, offensive rebounds in that one. Their worst uh, defensive rebounding um, effort of the year. Uh, kind of the same story against Houston uh, last week or last time out. Um, a, a game that they lost by six. Now you know Houston's a top forty team too, so uh, right about the same uh, level of competition as St. Mary's, who's at uh, number forty two in the country. Um, St. Mary's doesn't crash the glass all that well, number 150 in the country, uh, but just their offensive efficiency has been uh, very impressive. Top 35 in three-point shooting. Uh, that's That could be a, a, definite, a definite sore spot for LSU if that's not something that they're able to key in on. And oftentimes, uh, you know, if you do key in on that, um, close in at the three-point line, you're off, also, uh, you know, losing uh, some in the defensive rebounding uh, category. So, you know, it could be kind of a double-edged sword here against against St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's defense is uh, serviceable, I would say. Uh, you know, it's definitely not a weakness for them. They do, re- uh, you know, rebound the basketball pretty well. Um, uh, you know, LSU is just not a team that I'm necessarily looking to fade. So, 
Um, while the matchup might be okay, and while I am looking to back St. Mary's, I'm not all that thrilled um, to do so here, unless we just get like a, you know, a really good number. I think uh, if you can get them at maybe plus two, I would feel much better about that than, uh, you know, plus one's kind of dead, um, and then of course zero. I I just think, uh, you know, maybe that's the, uh, you know, or possibly you look to uh, play this game live. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I, this is kind of why I um, have left left some of these games. That you'll you'll notice I'll kind of uh, go back and forth on some of these matchups that I'm talking about now. But they are more high profile games. Uh, maybe some of you are interested in. Um, we'll go from from that matchup into the um, NC State Penn State game. Uh, now, NC State's just uh, offensively, defensively really strong. The only thing that they've really done wrong this year from a profile standpoint is uh, put teams on the free throw line at a, you know, kind of a ridiculous rate. Now, uh, now some they get, you know, it's a give and take in the fact that they're top five in turnover percentage. So that pressure, um, you know, when, when they're able to force – Force turnovers gets them out in transition, which is what they're looking to do. I mean, they're top 20 in tempo, so um, there's some give and take there. They're going to put teams on the free throw line, and you know, if they, if they get in foul, foul trouble, that's something to watch throughout the game. Maybe if, let's say, you know, you're watching, uh, you take NC State and they get up big early, but you notice they're in foul trouble. Um, maybe you go back and bet the other side and try to get a middle. Um, you know, that's something that. I'm going to start looking to do more. Um, let's say my buy point, we'll, we'll use this game as a good example. Uh, if my buy point in this game is, uh, let's say NC State pick them, uh, if I can get that, um, and then I can grab, you know, Penn State maybe plus six and a half or seven, uh, you know, after seeing NC State get in foul trouble or something like that and try to get a middle. I think it's very possible in a game like this. And, um, you know, Penn State's good enough to hang around. They've got a top uh, 15 defense um, uh, according to adjusted efficiency. Uh, they've played a top, you know, 35-ish schedule so far. So it's not really uh, that much, uh, um, you know, it's not really something that uh, is uh, skewed by, you know, a weak schedule or anything. So, um I just don't know if they'll be able to score enough to keep up with NC State, um, but we'll see. I mean, if if they come out and they play, um, yeah, well, well, let's look at some of their like opponents. They played uh, Indiana, lost by two. They played Maryland, uh, lost by seven. Um, those are probably the most uh, comparable teams uh, to NC State. Um, so near losses, but overall pretty good game grade, 77 and 71. Um, uh, their average uh, deficit in those games was about uh, three points. So, yeah, if you could, uh, you know, pregame bet NC State, you know, around a pick them, and then uh, look to come back on, or NC State, yeah, around a pick them, and then come back on Penn State Live, plus six, plus seven, uh, probably uh, be positive EV more times than not there. Um, we'll look to. Um, what other uh, big games? 
are there on? You know, there's not really any major marquee games. We'll cover one more. Uh, we'll look at the Oregon State uh, Texas A&M game. This is an interesting uh, Pac-12 SEC matchup that um, you know two two conferences that I think are um, you know maybe the SEC isn't as overrated as it or, or underrated as um, it had been you know even three or four years ago, but um, I do think that sometimes people sleep on, you know, both of these conferences. I like, um, and Oregon State would definitely fall right into that as, you know, they're not um, thought to be any kind of uh, perennial power uh, out west um, like an Arizona or an Oregon. So just from like a broad strokes perspective, it's kind of, uh, you know, a place where you could find value just, uh, value just because Oregon State is, um, you know, the where Oregon State's public perception just doesn't, uh, quite match up with uh, just how good they are, but um, yeah. Moving on to just kind of a handy uh, this game from a handicapping perspective, um, I think that uh, you know Oregon State just really solid offensively and defensively. Um, if you had one um, concern with them is they don't get to the free throw line enough, but you know sometimes that's uh, referee uh, related that because um, it, it doesn't really. Um, you look at their play style and uh, their, you know, their best player, uh, Trez Tinkle, who uh, I've talked about on this podcast before, is being one of the most underrated uh, players in the country. He's just really fun to watch. Six eight, really athletic, gets to the rim, um, really good finishing uh, in traffic. Um, you know, he'll have to do that here. And but you know, back to their kind of their play style when when he drives the lane or he misses a uh, a lay in or uh, you know they've got. Um, three guys close to seven foot who do a really good job of offensive rebounding. So, um, you know, oftentimes you 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 would think that you know um, you've got big bodies like that uh, on the uh, you know on the backside uh, collecting offensive boards that uh, they're going to be fouled um, quite a bit. It's kind of hadn't been the case, so uh, maybe that kind of is just some variance. Um, but yeah, there's no real faults in this team that I've seen. Uh, just really solid and then you look at Texas A&M and you know a fairly good team they don't uh, their three-point um, shooting has just really uh, hurt their effective field goal percentage this year um, uh, and, and their defensive rebounding has uh, has been an issue as well so um, uh, you know how that matches up with Oregon State if Oregon State continues to crash the offensive glass and um, you know that could be an issue for for Texas A&M here. So, um, but uh, you know, kind of going back to you know, hoping we get some we would get some value here on Oregon State. I'm not all that sure that we will. As you know, Texas A&M sitting here at uh, three and four on the year. Um, you know, their best win I guess would be a uh, 12 point win against South Alabama, who's uh, barely a top 200 team. So, uh, any time that they faced um, you know, a top 100 competition this year. They've lost, um, including at home to UC Irvine. So maybe this is a, a game where we don't find value on Oregon State, but I'll definitely be looking uh, to back them going forward. So, uh, uh, yeah, that that kind of wraps us up with college basketball's uh, Saturday slate. And um haven't really had time uh, with all the writing I've been doing to, to get into um, 
the Sunday card as of yet. Um, of course, I'm I'm recording this on Thursday, so uh, I'm I'm still working on the you know Thursday and Friday trying to find plays. So this is just a little bit um, to give y'all a look ahead for um, what's to come on Saturday. Um, you know, as far as college basketball or college football goes. Um, you know, I tend to like to wait to really uh, late in the process of the bowl season to really start evaluating some of these games just because, um, you know, we see so many uh, key players out, um, uh, you know, just to kind of protect their um, draft stock from any unexpected injuries or uh, whatnot. So uh, as well as, you know, you get some academic suspensions that are kind of fly under the radar. Um and then to try to, uh, you know, this is a really good time of year to um, test your um, handicapping skills from a motivation standpoint. I think that's one of the most important aspects of, um, you know, uh, handicapping uh, college uh, football in the bowl season. Uh, it's like, who wants to be there? You I mean, you look at Auburn last year, it was a heck of a team, beat, um, uh, you know, beat Alabama. Uh, beat Georgia in the regular season, and uh, they kind of had their season uh, swept out from under them in the SEC title game, missed the playoffs, and then completely unmotivated against the highly motivated and really a, a pretty good UCF team last year that was going for an undefeated season. Um, and, I mean, you saw how that game played out. So uh, there's angles like that that uh, just not you're not going to pick up on um, a, a – a straight power rating versus power rating handicap, which, you know, has to be part of it. You know, you have to try to factor in how, ma- how many points is that motivation worth? And it's, it's very difficult. And I think it, it, to me, it also, it often leads to, um, you know, so much uncertainty that it can create value. Uh, you know, if, if those things line up for you, but oftentimes it, it just puts, you know, puts me off of games. Um, yeah, but, I, I don't know. We'll. Uh, I'm. I'm still working on uh, that process and trying to go through some. You know, some what what the beat writers are saying about uh, the kind of the psyche of these teams and um, where those bets could come in uh, for us in the bowl season and try to try to cap off this last um, good uh, few weeks that we've had in uh, in college football and. But you know, trying to t- uh, remain focused on uh, college basketball as uh, we've uh, you know. Uh, run really well and so far this season I think we're um, try to pull up our current results Uh, 59% on the year up 6.25 units that's um, that's pretty strong Um, uh, you know I wouldn't expect to you know finish that well uh, from a percentage standpoint as that's um, pretty rare that you hit near 60% um, no matter the sport Uh, it's you know it's really difficult to to do this but I think, um, you know, if we stay focused and continue to uh, be selective with our, our plays, we can do that. And, uh, yeah, but that, that'll that do it. Um, uh, hope hope everyone, um, uh, you know, has that has uh, decided to tell as of late is, um, is happy with the results. And, uh, yeah, we'll try to keep those going forward. But, yeah, we'll uh, – We'll wrap it up. Uh, uh, like always, you can follow me on Twitter at bettingfilter, as well as on my blog at bettingfilter.wordpress.com. If you would rather have email blasts sent out to you, uh, you know, in that manner. But um, yeah, so yeah, enjoy your holiday season. Uh, bowl season's right around the corner. 
a lot of good college basketball going on right now. So uh, enjoy that. And um, uh, like always, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Twitter or my email, uh, and I will do my best to cover those uh, questions or topics uh, on next week's episode. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, take it easy, and uh, I'll, I'll be back next week.